Hello and welcome back to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. This is episode 42 of the Outring Tinnitus podcast, the podcast that is designed to help you habituate to your tinnitus, get better with your tinnitus, no matter the sound, intensity, volume, etc. of your tinnitus. We want to help you to live your absolute best life despite tinnitus. And today I'm excited to have another guest on the show. Um, she lives in Spain, but she's originally from the UK. Uh, her name is Carly Sygrove, and Carly is a uh, hearing uh, coach as well as a tinnitus coach. Uh, she has experienced sudden hearing loss in one ear, so she's near deaf in one ear, and she experiences tinnitus as well. So we've had a fantastic conversation about what the experience with not only hearing loss and single-sided hearing loss, but also with tinnitus in general, um, yeah, just does with you and how she came out of the whole negative cycle and how she managed to go ahead and build her best life despite tinnitus and also what she did in order to really get better with her tinnitus. Yeah, the exclusive video version of the episode is of course also available under www.mytinnitus.club. We are a community of over 20 people, it's very, very positively minded. We have frequent live events in which um, our tinnitus community members come together uh, based on the program that I share to help people towards habituation that's based on scientific principles such as CBT and acceptance and commitment therapy and uh, yeah, if you want to learn what you can do to get better with your tinnitus and come together in our awesome group, then sign up for a free 14 days trial at www.mytinnitus.club. But uh, let's do the intro and then our linear ad and then we get right into the show. Hello and welcome to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. This episode is brought to you by Linear, an evidence-based treatment for tinnitus which has been shown to improve tinnitus symptoms in large-scale clinical trials and real-world patients. Linear retrains the brain by playing soothing sounds and providing mild electrical stimulation to your tongue. It's now available throughout Europe and its latest clinical trial results were recently published in a Nature Scientific Journal. To find out more about Linear, where it's available and read about the research behind it, visit www.linear.com forward slash outring. That's L-E-N-I-R-E dot -E com forward slash outring. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida, and I'm your host. And today, I'm especially excited to have a new guest on my podcast. She's on uh, the podcast for the very first time. Um, right from Spain, we have uh, Carly Seilgrove. She is a hearing loss blogger and hearing advocate, and I'm very, very excited to have her on the show today. Um, please, everyone, uh, welcome Carly Seilgrove to the show. Hello, Carly. It's great to have you here. And uh, yeah, please introduce yourself to our audience. Hi, Frida. Um, nice to be on the podcast today. Um, yeah, I'm Carly. I'm a, like you said, a hearing health advocate and hearing loss blogger. I'm also a coach for people with hearing loss and other hearing health related issues such as tinnitus and balance disorders and sound sensitivities. 
um, yeah, pleased to meet you today. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, I think it's great. And I, um, on the weekend, just to share a little bit, maybe on the weekend, my Saturday looked like this, that I was at uh, Charité and there was the International Tinnitus Symposium. That was very interesting. And um, when I sometimes read online that people say, oh, there's nothing being done for people with hearing loss and tinnitus. And then I actually can say like so many people in the space, I can make so many podcast episodes with so many people <laughs> who really are in the space and helping and doing something. So um, yeah, from from my side, from the podcast, from our audience, from everyone, at first, um, I'd like to thank everyone who works in the space, because I think it's fantastic that um, uh, people like you um, actually do that and actually do help people all around the world with uh, hearing hearing disorders. And maybe you can explain a little bit more about uh, how you got into that profession, because as I as I guess, um, uh, that's uh, did you study that or did you did you just um, did you have a personal story uh, that brought you in that field or or what's the, what's the story behind it? Um, that's a super long story. <laughs> we so, have a lot uh, of time here in the podcast. No worries. <laughs> okay. However, I start telling my story and you can um, ask questions as we go on. Yes, absolutely. That'd be nice. Okay. So, okay. Where do I begin? Okay. In 2016, um, I had what's called a sudden sensory neural hearing loss. And that mm. was in my left ear. Mm. Um, and what happened basically was the hearing in my left ear just one day disappeared. Went away. So, wow. Yeah. So I'd never heard of it until it happened to me. And I wasn't feeling ill or anything at the time. It just all of a sudden. Um, I felt disorientated and actually it was quite a while before I realized maybe a few hours or so that actually the hearing in my left ear had been affected um yeah so I was diagnosed with sudden sensory neural hearing loss which is profound in my left left ear so I don't really have any functional hearing in this ear mm. um so obviously that was a big shock um I I'd never had any kind of hearing issues, didn't ever really think about my hearing until this happened. Hmm. Um, and at the time, the way I dealt with it was writing. So nice. I, yeah, so I was actually living in Madrid when okay. it happened to me. Um, hmm. A lot of my family are in the UK. Hmm. So I didn't really have the family here. Hmm. My, yeah, my partner just one day said, how about you write a blog mm. and that's what I did so mm. I began writing this blog which is called my hearing loss story um, and I told my story I told I wrote down what I was thinking what I was feeling mm. all what I'd been through with the hearing loss and the treatment mm. and all those emotions that come with it mm. and actually found it really cathartic writing this blog and it's like just was kind of uh, felt much better about getting my feelings out and writing nice. them down. Yeah. And this blog, I started to hear from people. So I, my original reason for writing this was really for me. It was kind of just to help me and also to tell my story to my friends and family as well. Hmm. But I actually started hearing from people through the contact page. And there was there were other people out there saying, you know, how are you dealing with this? This mm. has happened to me or this has happened to my partner. Mm. Mm. 
and I was actually quite surprised when I started hearing from people at the beginning but it, mm. it was great it was great to connect because it was firstly it was that feeling of I'm not alone in this mm. so at, the, at that time I was having problems obviously navigating the world with one ear yep. I also had tinnitus which developed when I when I lost the hearing I gained mm-hmm. the tinnitus in the in this in the one ear only or um originally it was just in my deaf ear so in my okay. left ear mm-hmm. and then more recently I now have tinnitus that comes and goes in my right ear okay. um, I do have some problems that in my right ear as well that perhaps mm. could have been what had originally affected my left ear but had gone on notice but mm. Again, that's quite another story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then we share we share the same burden of the left ear being gone, so to say. <laughs> ah, is yours left the left one as well? Uh, yes. So uh, very, very quickly. I mean, all the yeah. people who listen to this know this already, but uh, mm. I, I was born deaf completely ah. on my left ear. And um, then I used to uh, go out a lot when I was younger. Um, it wasn't really uh, customary to wear hearing protection at that time in any of the clubs or discos, as you might say. And uh, I, I guess that uh, my right ear, that was always fine in my, my younger years when I was in my childhood and, and, and when, I was, uh, uh, when I was younger, um, took a hit and then eventually uh, started getting tinnitus slightly and then um, went to the ENT and he prescribed me a hearing aid, which really helped. But then the tinnitus went up and the hearing loss progressed a little bit. And yeah, that's that's basically my my story. But uh, but yeah, I've I've found my my passion and my profession inside that that dealing with that exactly the way that you do, right? And it's very powerful, I think. So sorry, but please continue. Mm. Okay, so I was connecting <laughs> with <laughs> just getting back to what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I was connecting with people through my blog, mm. um, which was great because, yeah, not only could we we kind of feel together in this experience, we could also offer each other support and advice and information. And, you know, we talked about things like, oh, have you tried the cross hearing aid, for example, which is a yeah. hearing aid for people? Yes who have single-sided deafness we talked about that maybe we talked about how are you dealing with your tinnitus um how do you speak to your loved ones all these questions that when something so sudden like this happens you don't have any time to prepare so Mm. actually it's really great to speak to Mm. other people who are going through it Mm. and Mm. also not burden like my poor partner had to hear about this all the time when it first happened so also to speak to somebody who is outside of that kind of close circle to speak to somebody who just isn't in completely in it with you Mm. um so it's nice on both sides I just liked connecting with people Mm. Um, yeah yeah it's it was just it was an unexpected outcome of writing this blog yeah it's Mm. it's it's you know I think it's 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 great and it's so it's so you know, it's it's real. It's down to earth. It's exactly what what you're going through. So you are the person who can best uh, relate to it. And 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 in, in in that way, if you had or if you have been going through the cathartic process of uh, the emotions that go with it, the feelings, maybe also the kind of uh, ways to relate and think about what you have gone through and what has happened to you. You know, for me, it's of course very normal to never have had functional hearing on my left ear, 
right? So mm-hmm. that's very different, right? Losing your hearing suddenly is uh, probably terrifying. And uh, for me, um, for me, it was the most normal thing in the world. How my mom, actually, that's an anecdote from my earliest childhood. My mom found out or she took me to the ENT or into an ENT special clinic when I was three years old. Because whenever I, was, I used to talk to my grandma and she used to put the telephone on my left side, mm-hmm. I would say, but mom, I don't hear on that side. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was normal that the left ear was just there but you couldn't hear so she was like well something must be wrong because whenever I give him the telephone he always only puts the telephone on the right (laughs) side so eventually they took me to the hospital and then they made some tests and tried everything and then finally they said yeah probably probably your kid is deaf on the left ear yeah Yeah. quick break from the episode and I want to tell you a little bit about our tinnitus community under www.mytinnitus.club you can find our online tinnitus membership community based on tools of cbt and acceptance and commitment therapy so science-based tools i'll help you to habituate to tinnitus we have a lot of learning material that allows you to sleep better with your tinnitus be less less anxious around your tinnitus and to start habituating to your tinnitus where also the sound and the perception of the sound of your tinnitus will decrease and using science-based tools and strategies. But here for yourself, here's a little something that Sophia shares who joined our community. And Sophia is an absolute active member and she's benefited a lot from the community. But here for yourself, and I hope to see you in the community under www.mytennis.club. Um, I've had tinnitus for four years now. And it's just that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm in the My Tinnitus Club. It's just having that support there. Like when I first got tinnitus, I, I felt totally on my own and I didn't know who to turn to. And, and, and that was the scary thing. But now that there's like, I've joined this club, I feel habituated, but I've still joined the club because I, you still need that support and you still need to talk and be with people who understand exactly what you're going through and what you're feeling and, and thinking and stuff like that. So, you know, my recommendation would be to be in a group because it's so good just to have that, have, just, just to have that back up there when you need it. Okay, so thank you, Frida. But uh, yeah, fantastic. So so you do uh, coaching in the widest sense for people with um, any kind of hearing disorders, problems, sudden hearing loss, mm. tinnitus, um, uh, and, and, and so on, yeah? Yeah, so I got into coaching because through yeah. the blog, right. um, I heard from so many people and I thought these people want to connect. So right. I thought, what, what's a way of kind of connecting all these people together? Hmm. And I decided to create a Facebook support group. Nice. Um, again, called My Hearing Loss Story, keeping it nice and simple. Right. Um, and I, I, I started this support group because I thought, you know, this is a place where all these people who've contacted me through the years can get together in this group and we can you know invite other people and and share all these experiences and connect and you know and share advice and support and this group is for people with all types of hearing loss not just sudden hearing loss because I think we can all learn from each other Mm, mm, mm. and yeah this group it started off as like this small it started off as my small baby (laughs) no it's just it's grown. I think there are about, well, maybe over a thousand people in this group. Wow. Which, Amazing. Yeah. And it, it's still growing and it's such a supportive space. Mm-hmm. And in this group, I, I started realizing like lots of things about the hearing loss experience. Mm. 
Mm. And I was realizing that there's this kind of, there's this gap for support for people. I think audiologists can help with the, you know, the practical things, you know, hearing aids, maybe mm. cochlear implants, this kind of thing. ENTs mm. can help with the medical side of it. Mm. And it's, it's, there's this gap of, I had so many people saying, okay, I've had hearing loss or I've got hearing loss. Mm. Now what? <laughs> you yeah. know, and there were these questions like, okay, well, how do I, how do I do my job with hearing loss or how do I advocate for myself? Mm. How do I explain to other people, you know, what I'm going through or right. how do I deal with these? Like for me, especially I, I, I had um, like a drop in confidence. So I lost a lot of self-confidence because mm. I just didn't know how to kind of move forward with my hearing loss mm. and live my life how I wanted to with hearing loss. And these are questions that were coming up in the group all the time. Mm, you know, mm, how do I mm. move forward with hearing loss? Mm, mm. And there, there were even people there who had maybe had hearing loss for quite some time, but wanted to make a change. So maybe, okay, I've been working in this job for 20 years and now I've just realized I want to change. Mm. How do I go about doing that and kind of taking the hearing loss into account? So right. this these this discussion was so vast and so wide and whenever I answered people's questions normally I had an answer so I'd say okay you've got the tinnitus go and see this charity or you know speak to these people or okay have you tried this charity or this kind of hearing aid or have you spoken to these people and with this I kind of was stumped and like okay here are some ideas but you know, I, I don't really know what services are out there. And personally as well, I mean, I figured this out speaking to friends and family and, and writing. I did it on my own. Hmm. And I had this thought of what only if there was something out there for people living with hearing loss or, you know, dealing with tinnitus or balance issues that could help these people move forward and something that's actually focused and goal you know goal focused mm -hmm. productive something that's going to help them in this journey mm. um and actually I spoke to a friend of mine who's a therapist and she said to me you know have you ever heard of coaching and then I thought mm, I've heard of coaching don't really know what it is <laughs> um I didn't think much of it and and then it kind of you know when something sits in your mind for a while and you start thinking about it um so I had a, I Googled coaching and I Googled all the different types of it. And then I actually emailed my friend back and asked more questions about it and said, well, how, how would you see this, you know, fitting in with the hearing loss experience? Mm. And we, we had quite a discussion over it. And she's actually a member of my Facebook group as well. Is this Nice. Is, awesome. she, had, she also had a sudden hearing loss. She's a therapist. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she said, look, the, what you're doing in the group is, you know, you could, easily transfer these skills into something like coaching and also I have a teaching background mm. and she said again it's the same kind of skills and qualities that you need for this kind of role yeah for sure yeah so I I looked into it and I did I kind of looked on certain um websites for different um qualifications and went to a few you know like trial you know, try our coaching method, a few of these. And then I found um, the coaching school that I chose in the end. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say their name, am I? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Why not? I'm sure they'd be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I found um, the, the Animas School for Coaching, yeah. who um, they do online and in-person coaching courses, I think. Yeah. So I, I joined, I think it was just kind of after the pandemic or during the pandemic. So everything was online anyway. Mm. Um, and I signed up for this course to do my diploma in transformational coaching nice it's all about making changes um focusing on your personal beliefs your yeah. values your behavior so important absolutely yeah. exactly and setting goals and moving forwards yeah and um, so that's how i got into coaching that's a fantastic story mm-hmm. i really like it it's again the the personal the personal suffering and the personal suffering transformed sort of the wounded healer mm. um, making a change into being able to guide other people in their journey. And what I always, one of my biggest things in coaching, I mean, what is, what I think is differencing from therapy to coaching is that you're focusing on a very, very narrow set of um, areas that you coach around And also, I usually, what I would say is different from a coach to a teacher Mm -hmm. is the coach tries to find the way with you together, right? Rather than telling you, this is what you have to do. But Mm -hmm. we as coaches, if we go and work, for example, one-on-one with clients, I do one-on-one and I also do group coachings and and, and many different other uh, constellations. But to sort of ask the right questions to identify the obstacles and barriers that that person is currently experiencing that brings them unhappiness that keeps them stuck in the same place um and i guess um i mean with hearing loss probably there is a lot and it's super interesting for me right because i i see a lot of people as well so um maybe maybe we can talk a little bit more about um, the hearing loss side of coaching in a bit is I think that's very interesting, but from a tinnitus kind of perspective, right? When you um, when you go into the tinnitus kind of perspective and you say this predictive thinking and saying like, okay, this tinnitus is uh, nothing that the doctor, the ENT, can do anything about. Um, I go online and I Google it, and so many people have a problem with it. So the predictive thinking and the predictive emotion that evolves based on the thinking is going to be a negative one, right? Mm -hmm. And if we fall into this habit, it keeps us stuck in there and it affects many areas of our life. And sure, it's important to go to the NT and get it sorted out and Mm -hmm. maybe even get a hearing aid fitted, Mm -hmm. um, which brings its own other questions. But that doesn't mean that you're initially over the hump of um, letting go of these beliefs that keep your heightened focus around the tinnitus, right? I think that's very, very, very important. And I think that's where people will only start to understand. And I've read a recent survey, sorry for for drifting off a little bit here, but I I read a recent survey of how uh, coaching um, is becoming one of the major big industries over the next five to 10 years. And it's going to be so important because it is so much more personalized, right? It's not a one, one fit for all solution. Mm. It is so much more personalized and it's, it's very, very important to, to look at, to look at, for example, tinnitus or hearing loss in a very personalized way. Of course you Mm. can fit a hearing aid, you can do a treatment approach, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. I think Frida, what you said earlier about, um, a coach not 
been the person to teach you or tell you what to do is so important right. because right. I think that, the, you know, there are coaches out there who have a different method and it might be more focused on them giving you all the tips and telling you what to do, but it's not the kind of coaching that I do. The coaching is that I do is that basically what you've just described is focusing on, you know, doing it together so helping somebody together finding what's important to them making sure that it's personalized for them because what helped me might not help somebody else and I think that's really important to remember that these journeys are really personal to people so we can't just go out there and say okay this will help you this will help you because it might not yeah yeah absolutely just before we forget to do that i mean we're going to do it at the end anyways but very very important for people listening right now where can they find you on facebook on your website where is that everything where's all that accessible just let us know okay um my website is called carlysygrove.com gotcha my my facebook is my hearing loss story Mm-hmm. And there is a Facebook page and a group with the same name. Okay. My blog is My Hearing Loss Story. Um, Instagram is, <laughs> I think, is Carly Sygrove. Okay. Just my name. Um, also, I have a website called Sudden Hearing Loss Support, which is a website I developed with audiologists and charities. Um, nice. And it's for for people who have been affected by sudden hearing loss so there's lots of information on there and resources that can help people so that's something else that I provide for for that's fantastic (laughs) that's great um for all of you guys listening we of course will link um to the resources in the show notes below so if you're interested in that um link to uh, check out the links um I put in the show notes and in personal interest many of you guys have been listening to my podcast for the last few years I'd be super happy if you um, follow the podcast so you're always alerted about the latest episodes because we have a few more very interesting interviews coming up. But uh, yeah, today we're with Carly Seigrove, um, hearing loss advocate and uh, hearing coach. Um, it's fantastic to have you on the show, Carly. Um, a personal question, um, mm-hmm. uh, and you let me know whether you feel feel ready to answer this one. Um, what about um, the use of a cochlear implant? Would that have maybe helped your um, your profound hearing loss that you that you experienced? Was that uh, something that you had considered or? Um, yes, I have considered that. Yeah. At the moment yeah. in Spain, where I live, it's yeah. not offered for single-sided deafness. Oh, really? However, however, um, mm. I know in Germany it has for some time, and in the US it's now been started to be offered for people with single-sided deafness. Yeah. Um, however, I did speak to a an ENT about a year ago about this because I was super interested because quite a few people in my support group have had this or uh, have a have a cochlear implant for single-sided deafness and have reported really good results so not only has it helped with tinnitus also helped with um just that feeling of for want of a better word feeling whole again because when you when you are used to having hearing in both ears and all of a sudden this side goes on it's you don't quite feel whole and 
it's helped with that of course it's helped with their hearing and it's obviously it's a long journey and you need to um, learn how to hear again through the implant but something I'm super interested in um, so yes I spoke to an ENT probably about a year ago and she had trained in Germany and she said look if if it'd been up to me I would given you a cochlear implant as soon as this had happened Mm. And she said, you know, um, it's probably only a matter of time before it's offered in Spain as a treatment. So I'm kind of watching the developments here in Spain Mm. um, on that, because for me, I have the worries of, you know, there's there's no input coming on from this side. And there's the the new research on connections with Alzheimer's and things like this. Um, And I'm just keen to... Yep. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. Keen, right. keen to keep, keep, you know, keep yeah. the structures that are there. Yeah. 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 Um, at the same time, there's also this amazing research happening with stem cells and cell regeneration therapy and lots of things. So again, I'm watching this research, particularly um, in the US, they have some trials happening. And yep. this is again something that's talked a lot about in my hearing loss group we're all kind of watching different areas of research and what's happening with the technology with research and it's quite an exciting time at the moment it is there's a lot going on so i'm kind of i'm you know i'm i've adapted to single-sided deafness completely like this i don't really think about it anymore unless i'm writing about it or speaking to people Mm, so mm. it's not something that i'm consciously always thinking about right right it's part of me now sort of become normal yeah yeah like for me like for my for me in my life it's absolutely from the start of my life it was there that i was never able to hear and Mm -hmm. one thing that uh, i mean would be interesting but uh, sorry for interrupting you for example look when i walk down the street and i cross Mm -hmm. the street Mm -hmm. i am triple aware that i can't hear right because i've never been able to hear my left so i've got to be super careful Mm -hmm. has that been a problem for you because it's relatively new for you that you have to be more focused on when you walk over the street because for me it's normal right i'm Mm -hmm. extra focused because i know my hearing is not good Mm -hmm. so i have to be extra careful with my eyes so Mm -hmm. i feel like my eyes are much more important for me now like my whole life already yeah exactly so crossing the, the roads crossing the street was something that I had to learn how to do again mm. um with single-sided deafness as you yeah. know you you don't have that ability to localize sounds exactly. so crossing a road before my hearing loss I would know oh there's a sound yeah. coming there's a car coming from Careful. my left side mm-hmm. stop don't cross yet now I'll check the right <laughs> okay no car can't hear anything check the left nothing then I'll check again just in case because I can't hear so I can be halfway yep. down across uh, that road and then I have to check again just in case right. I'm constantly checking that side and mm. and you know some funny things have happened because of this because yeah. You know, I, I remember one of the first times I actually laughed out loud um, for something to do with my single-sided deafness and not knowing there was a sound here was um, one time I was sitting on this metro train on the way to work. And I was just sitting there and thinking, I can hear some music. Where's the music coming from? And I, th- I can't remember if it was guitar or anyway, some, somebody was playing some live music. People used to come on the train and busk and um, play yeah. music. So yeah. I was like, it sounds really loud. And I was, I was like looking like, because all sounds feel like they're coming from the right side because mm. that's my working ears. So I'm looking mm-hmm. up and going, where is this noise? Where's the sound? And then 
I, I look at the, I notice this lady opposite me and she's looking like basically here, right next to my left ear. I'm like, what is she looking at me? What's going on? So I turned and actually jumped out of my seat because the person who was playing the music was right next, next to, to me on my deaf side. So, you know, there's, there's oh, all wow. the, yeah. So like you said, Frida, you're constantly using your eyes to check your environment for yeah. things that, you know, producing sound or that maybe, or things that might be dangerous, you know, sometimes there might be, I hear like a bang or some kind of construction work and I have to check is it there because is it on my deaf side because unless I look I don't know mm. yeah I I get that a lot but I guess for me it's become such an automatism right mm -hmm. that my the the play the interplay between my my spatial awareness um when I focus somewhere with my eyes and I I, I guess it's just become so normal for me to to just have that I, I i don't even perceive it as an additional cognitive load or having to be more careful but i guess that especially when you um when you experience that like right in the like right in the middle of your life and whatever you're doing and you suddenly experience that and you have to change all these things it's probably very yeah it's probably also not only a big cognitive load but also a big emotional load to be able to or to having to shift all these things and again um thank you for what you do and i think it's very very important that you continue to do this um segueing back um i just wanted to quickly tell you there uh, here at university uh, at, at the charité so one of the leading hospitals in Europe, there is uh, Professor Dr. Heidi Olze. She is one of the leading uh, scientists for cochlear implants for deaf people, um, single-sided deafness, and so on and so forth. So if you ever need any kind of advice or something like that, um, I'm, I'm happy to make an intro and a connection. Uh, so if you have questions for her, you can, you know, you know where to address. And, and she's fantastic. I've been talking to her a lot about also my side. And she said, even if you had the potential to somehow do something after 32 years of no stimulus there might not be a lot of a lot of potential to to get that going again so for me that mm. uh that's basically that's basically a change but um mm. i mean for you of course the benefits are huge and for you probably also important and i know that this has changed already i think 10 years ago in germany they started uh, implanting cochlear implants for uh, unilateral deaf people yeah. because they know of the importance to keeping the um the cochlear uh, stimulated and keeping the auditory nerve stimulated so that you would have both sides input um, mm -hmm. um so maybe maybe yeah just let me know if, if that ever mm -hmm. becomes important um mm, but uh, yeah it is it is a super interesting time we had um <laughs> Um, a, a um, research presentation from, uh, I think, Dr. Lukas Landegger, who won the Innovation Prize um, mm -hmm. at the symposium this Saturday. And he's studied at Harvard. He um, works together with frequency therapeutics. He does his research at the University of Vienna. And um, he, he was sharing a lot on um, on the, the different approaches of um, uh, uh, regrowing hair, hearing uh, stem cells in the um, inner and uh, the inner hair cells and the outer hair cells and that was very very interesting um, mm. and 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 he's and I've, I've actually asked him to come on to the podcast now he's a very busy man so mm -hmm. I will probably be able to interview him uh, throughout the next year at some point but he said like uh, I can tell you now already that I get a lot of these questions and I'm also very excited about this this is why I'm doing it 
but um, it will probably be, still be a while until we see, okay, which one is the most mm. safe and most effective way to induce this? Is it over a virus? Is it over basically like what we saw in the Corona vaccines over a, a injection of uh, genetic material and so on and so forth. So very, very interesting, very, very interesting time period for the sense mm. of hearing, I think. Definitely. And the, the frequency therapeutics is, is like one of the main trials that we've, well, we've they've done a few trials now haven't they that's what a lot of the people in my group have been talking about and I think we're all aware it will take time but it's just hopeful that people are working on this and I think giving that sense of hope is just it's it's huge you know just kind of knowing that people are taking it seriously and understand the the benefits of this Mm. is, is, is great and yeah I look forward to hearing if you can interview him and yeah absolutely some more about it that'd be great yeah, absolutely. I, I'm also very much looking forward to that. I mean, and and apart from the fact that people are working on it, it shows the importance, right? It, or Like when we look from a business perspective, so um, I, I also always look at things from a business perspective, mm. because I mean, people want help with things and, and it's important that they get the help. But and when you look at things from a business perspective, it is unfortunately still the way that we live in. Um, I mean, here in Germany, we call it social market economy. Mm. Um, it's based on a capitalistic values. So if a company has a certain valuation, it is very promising because the investors will say, "Okay, well, I want my, I want, uh, I, I want to put some of my money in there as well on that horse. I'm going to bet." Um, mm-hmm. And that is very promising, right? Because not mm-hmm. only people are working on it, but the market thinks and is expecting a company that will uh, generate huge revenue in basically being able to treat something that affects um, 20 to 40% of the population in future even more as mm-hmm. our demographics get older and older. So I think not only is it very promising that they work on this and that they have um, the first clinical trials, but even more so that from a company perspective, it is something that is um, feasible and viable to be able to be sold and marketed on individual level so that the individual can benefit from it. Mm, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But um, I wanted to uh, ask you a little bit more about um, uh, earlier on, I had that question, how would it look like? How would you be able to help or or um, to, especially for people with um, with hearing loss who, who want to make a change or who want to who want to find out what what it is they can do? And when they're relatively new with hearing loss, how would you work together with a person? I mean, for me, as someone who mostly works with people with tinnitus, I often have these people who say, but I don't even have a hearing loss. And I say, eh, you might have a hearing loss in the frequencies that are not even relevant for uh, everyday understanding. And that's why might be causing your tinnitus or a combination of a few things. But what is specific to, to working with people with hearing loss? I mean, I'm personally very interested um, mm-hmm. uh, to, to hear a little bit more about that. For, for people with hearing loss, like we've already said, everyone's completely different. So everyone's, basically everyone's journey is different. So people come to me with all different types of goals around their hearing loss. So when somebody comes to me, the first thing I do after getting to know them, after them telling me their story, is to ask them, you know, what is your main goal in speaking to me? What is your main goal? How do you want to move forward with your hearing loss? So we're very much looking at where somebody is right now and where they want to get there. And I think this is where coaching is different to things like therapy, where therapy might look very much more in the past or really kind of try and diagnose. We're looking forward 
everything we do is future focus. It's where are we going to get to? What do we need to do next? What's the next step? So if somebody comes to me um, and has a goal, let's say, for example, um, I want to be my advocate. I want to advocate for myself better. We, we then take that and then I will speak to them to try and break that down into manageable sections. So, okay, so tell me more about what you, what does advocacy mean to you? Okay, in being your own advocate, right. what, yeah, so what, what does that mean to you? Because for me, being my own advocate could mean something completely different to somebody else. So it's first figuring out exactly True yeah exactly what it means to them you know what do they want to work on specifically and it's helping the person think about it clearly structuring their thoughts and breaking this goal down into manageable chunks so okay this once i've i think key is understanding the person understanding exactly what they want to work on and what that means to them breaking it down and figuring out how to work on each step so okay so what's the first thing we can do towards this and you know on the advocacy theme for example it could be as simple as okay going into a a coffee shop and asking somebody to repeat themselves it could be as simple as you know I I don't know asking a a family member to put the captions on tv you know Mm. these little things are difficult when you're not used to doing them it's it's speaking up for yourself so it's kind of having these small goals and working towards the bigger picture so all these small goals will eventually help that person get to where they want to be on this hearing loss journey Mm -hmm. it's very very inspiring um and i guess that i mean okay how can i phrase this um i guess the things that produce a lot of emotions in us. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, hearing or loss of hearing uh, or degeneration of our senses of hearing Mm -hmm. is always pointing back to our own mortality, which is something that uh, we're born with. So we're born with a 100% certainty that eventually we're going to be dead. We're dying, every one of us, every single Mm -hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and of course being confronted, maybe not that, maybe that's of course not the first thought that someone has, right? Okay. My hearing is bad. I'm, I'm going to die at some point or maybe not, but, <laughs> um, but being confronted with the things that happen to us that, um, sort of limit our quality of life in the sense that, I mean, tinnitus become, can, can, we can become obsessed around tinnitus. We can become uh, sad and depressed because our hearing is not functioning as it used to before, but to sort of having a strategic approach in tackling ways of understanding and dealing with these situations that we are presented with um, is going again, I think, with the lines along that the importance of coaching in the future will only become more and more and more valid and more and more people are going to use it and benefit from it as an a, a way to improve their health. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. only saying, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor and I get this, mm-hmm. but there's going to be a supplementary thing mm-hmm. that I want to invest in, in order to really, I mean, because from, from, from birth to death, we all looking for the major and best quality of life. And sometimes mm-hmm. events happen that we can't really control, mm-hmm. I guess, tinnitus and sudden hearing loss or, 
um, hearing loss in general is something that to some extent we cannot always control. Mm. And using a strategic approach in order to evaluate the roadblocks that we are facing with these issues that present themselves to us, it's, I think, very very, very cool and very, very, very good and, and the adequate response to someone looking for that kind of help. So I, I guess the next question that I would like to ask you is, have you found things that are sort of similar and, and learnings from the coachings that you have done so far or from your groups? experiences that um, I mean we talked about this people are very individual so everyone needs a little bit of an individual approach but mm -hmm. have you learned things that you would want to share and say that through the bench they apply to the majority of the people that you work with yes yes although I would, <laughs> yes I although I okay. wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily I would always ask permission to tell my my coaches you know um, of things like that have helped for other people for example so things like um especially for people with sudden hearing loss many of them have developed tinnitus and often so a generalization as you can say is often people who've had sudden hearing loss who've got tinnitus generally not for everyone but generally will find that the tinnitus especially in the beginning is actually more difficult to manage than the hearing loss itself Mm. now this is a huge generalization and it's just mm. something that I've seen over the years of people talking about because there's that there's that kind of irony and you, you know you lose your hearing but you gain these unwanted intrusive sounds mm -hmm. so instead of having silence right in this ear you don't you yeah. have all these sounds that you didn't ask for you, yeah. you know so, so this is one generalization and something that people are, work on a lot is just kind of coping with that tinnitus hmm. and getting used to those sounds accepting those sounds moving forward with those sounds this is something that's quite that's come up quite a lot in coaching hmm. and in my groups hmm. um hmm. other things that have come up a lot in coaching are the advocacy so different ways of advocate advocating for yourself so hmm. finding finding what that means to you moving forward with that so you know, I have a few tips for advocacy that I can I could share, but again, it's always cautiously because I could right. say, okay, I found that making sure that everybody is completely aware of my hearing loss, whoever it is, yeah, has really yeah. helped me. But somebody then might say, oh, actually, I, I don't feel comfortable speaking, telling right. the person at right. the coffee shop I have hearing loss. Or. Right. So it's different for everyone. Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, and this is a little bit of a personal outtake again for mm -hmm. me. It's, I think I was, it was um, a week or a couple of weeks ago, I was in a sauna and I entered the sauna and I forgot to close the door properly. But of course, since it was a sauna, I didn't wear my hearing aid. So I'm mm -hmm. really like, I'm really quite impaired. If I really, if I don't have my hearing aid in, my tinnitus is blaring loud mm -hmm. and my hearing is I'm not really not great anymore not mm. not deaf but I really have to concentrate a lot and I use my hand to uh, turn my ear in the direction of the person that's speaking in and uh, and 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 the guy was sitting next to me and he was alerting me to the fact that I had forgotten to completely close the door it was like three centimeters open still so it was not perfectly closed mm -hmm. and I guess with the sauna people are like oh yeah that guy didn't close the door now the heat's going on oh mm. so I'm like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry but I but I said to him like hey 
uh, I'm sorry, I don't hear on my left yeah. ear, but the guy reacted in a way that he was like, sort of, he was like, ah, oh, okay, forget it. So he got up himself and he closed it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, I am deaf on this ear and that ear is really terrible. So I, I am really sorry. So you either mm-hmm. you're going to have to repeat it to me and then I go and close the door. But actually, really, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that I hadn't closed yeah. the door properly um, and I couldn't understand you. So I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But but that's all there is to it because yeah. I, I don't like I, I've, I've had experienced this and I've been having this long enough mm-hmm. for not, not letting it come after me in the next hours and days or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's who I am. That's what yeah. happens to me. Yeah. And if people want to alert me to something and I can't hear it, then that's what happens with me. And I can tell mm-hmm. them the story and then they can choose to do whatever they want to do with it. And that's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have, I mean, that's my personal story and my personal thing. If that person, um, wears uh, contact lenses or the the biggest glasses you can see on earth then that's mm-hmm. their story mm-hmm. and then it's okay if they might miss out on something that i had seen because they can't see properly right so mm-hmm. in 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 essence I, I i've been advocating this for many people is why would you not try a hearing aid on they don't mm-hmm. look like grandpa's hearing aids 50 years ago anymore so why would you not uh, wear hearing aids if you um, wear glasses when you can't see properly mm-hmm. because I mean, it's always about the input that that you get and also the cognitive load that your brain has to has to do in order to compensate for not being able to hear properly mm. i think i think what you just described there feeder is is a point where people many people want to get to in terms of advocacy and want to you know you like you said it's part of you is your hearing loss I think when when it happens later on in life or suddenly or you know unexpectedly it it takes time to get to that point and for me I would have been exactly the same as you in that zone I just said oh I'm really sorry I don't hear in this ear um I'd have probably you know gone up to get the door if the person hadn't gone before um it's nothing all the time you know often I'll turn around in the supermarket and I'm like oh somebody's talking to me (laughs) and I'm like oh I'm sorry you know I don't hear on this ear can you repeat that please for me again it's been six years for me and I've been so open with it um Mm. I don't really know the reason. I think I just, I think it's just easier for me to just tell people, you know, yeah. I walk into a doctor's surgery here in Spain. The first thing I tell them is, um, just to let you know, I do it in Spanish, just to let you know, I, I don't hear in this ear. And then like, oh, okay. So, you know, immediately I tell people, but for, for some people, this is incredibly difficult because mm. I think there's, there's a lot of steps to go through for some people before getting to this point. Mm. So a lot of that is dealing with the emotions that come with the hearing loss to start with, which can be huge. Mm, you know? mm, mm. Um, we talk a lot about the grief cycle mm. in my group. And again, something that I hadn't expected, but when I lost my hearing, I was angry at my body and I was sad. And I went through this, I only realized this on retrospect, but I went through this cycle of grieving and it's, you know, people kind of need to deal with these, other emotions that come with First. hearing loss yeah. before kind of then thinking right okay where can I go next what do I want yeah. to do so yeah. there's there's a lot of steps before getting to that point and yeah, yeah what you described is is although for me and you right now is seems quite normal it can seem a world away for some people yeah I get I get that yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um 
I, I also, since COVID, things have become much so much more difficult for people with uh, hearing difficulties. With the, I mean, I'm an advocate for the mask, right? I still mm-hmm. wear my mask when I go inside places and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Just more more like to protect other people, not to protect myself so much. Because, I mean, I've, I've, luckily, I've had COVID and it was uncomfortable, but it hasn't really done anything or then no lasting effect. But I want to protect other people. And if I maybe carry something around that I'm not even aware of, then I want to protect other people in spaces where I go. Um, and um, but it, it really does make the hearing more difficult. So the other day I was in in the um, in the pharmacy to collect some medicine and they would tell me how to use the medicine, how to how to administer it and, and what to do. And, and she would explain it to me. And I would like, she would look at me weird because I would literally like, they have that uh, plastic counter. So for everyone who's listening, you can't see this, but I'm pointing mm-hmm. it to Carly. They have this plastic counter and then they have a little, little thingy to give the money through or to pay mm-hmm. with the card machine um, uh, just underneath. So what I do is I bend down <laughs> and I put my right ear right to that thingy. And, the, and, and she looks at me like, what, what, what is your are you trying to pay with your ear or what, what are you doing there and i'm like no it's just my, my hearing is terrible like i can't understand you you're wearing a mask i'm wearing yeah. a mask i mean that's not but i mean you're wearing a mask and you mm-hmm. mumble into the mask and mm-hmm. you might speak as loudly as you want but it still sounds muffled so i yeah. gotta i gotta put my ear down and i hold my ear where that uh where that opening where the cash opening is basically and uh um and 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 then she's like ah okay okay sorry sorry and then she like removed the mask a little mm. bit and then I could understand and hear it properly but it's as simple as that of saying like look look like I need to understand this this is important for me because I need to know how to to take the medicine and what to do with it I won't be walking out here if I haven't understood it properly exactly. and we have to work together here in order to enable me so for me it's not like I mean, yes, of course, it is a disability, but I don't think about it anymore in a way of a disability. I more think like, I mean, it's an obstacle in certain everyday situations, but that I need to deal with. And when I've dealt with them, they don't cause me any additional pain. So when I'm just open with them, when I'm just Mm -hmm. open about it and I just deal with it in the best way possible, Mm -hmm. then in the next two minutes, I don't think about it anymore. I I don't walk out there thinking, oh, man, my ear and I can't I couldn't I couldn't hear it properly. And it was this was not Mm -hmm. great. I I don't think about that anymore. I just walk out and that's it Mm -hmm. for me. Exactly. You've just described <laughs> my experience of anywhere with a screen. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to speak to somebody, constantly got my ear right next to the screen, or in that, you know, like you said, the space where you pay, constantly doing that. Yeah. Um, and again, like you said, I always tell people I can't hear well. And generally, not always, but generally, people will remove the mask or will speak more clearly, or even sometimes I've had especially in Spain because we have the language barrier as well yeah, although I yeah, speak yeah, yeah. my Spanish is okay it's not perfect right. you know right. and and there's a, often some people will even write things down for me if I ask but again you have to ask and I think that's key is people can't help or can't help communication if they don't know there's a problem so you know you you might you might I think the other part of that as well, sorry, I think the other part is they might not be able to help or they might not even know how to help. So mm, yeah. as well as telling somebody I don't hear very well, you know, somebody might think, okay, I removed my mask. That's helpful. Yeah. And it is so helpful, as you know. Right, 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 right. Mask. But yeah. at the same time, if you need more, so at the same time, for example, if I really still can't get it, what somebody's saying to me, it's then on me to say, actually, would you mind writing that down? you know it's it's actually it needs to come from the person with the hearing loss sometimes to say you know please could you do this for me to help because 
you can't expect people to always know how to help unless you tell them it's 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 you know, often I do find like I'd say 90% of people do really do try to help aid communication, but there's only so much they understand how they can help. So it is our job to actually explain to people, look, oh, this is a way you could help me, or maybe you could try this, or and giving yeah. them, you know, these pe- people um tips and ways to help people. And once we've told one person, they'll remember. So next time they speak to somebody else who's got hearing loss or you know, some kind of even audio processing issue, anything like that, mm. they'll remember that tip. And that, so hopefully mm. next time they'll remember for somebody else coming in and mm. raising awareness is key for mm. them. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. I, I do notice that that's just uh, interesting. I mean, my wife, I told you, is from Colombia. So whenever I go to Colombia, I, I mean, I, they, none of them speak English. So I, mm-hmm. I speak my Spanish and my Spanish is also okay. Mm. Um, it's quite all right. I get around. Um, but often also when I talk to people that I'm not used to, it's much more difficult even for me. So um, in the north of Colombia, they have a very, very thick accent, like mm. also nearly Cuban, right? They have a very thick accent. And, and at the start, it was very difficult to, for me to understand, but I'm, I'm used to my in-laws now and, mm. and I can talk to them and I understand them properly and I can, there's no problem. But for example, when I go to the supermarket and I don't understand someone, I feel like in Europe, it's much easier to say either in English, German or Spanish or French or whatever language you might be using to say like, Hey, sorry, I don't mm-hmm. hear well. Can you mm-hmm. try and explain this? You know, and, and here it's almost normal because I mean, it's, there isn't some awareness going on around this that mm-hmm. hearing can be worse. But in, in, in South America, for me, the, the, the experience was always like, why? Like, why? Like, why, why would you not be able to hear? Like, there's, there, there's, it's like old people. Yes, old people. You, you shout at them. Si, nana, si. Mira que yo traje la comida. Aquí está. And then you have to really shout loud and talk to them loudly so they would understand you. But it's um, impossible that that happens to a young person. Mm-hmm. So I, I find there's also different ways of having to manage it and I find it more difficult to manage in Colombia to be honest yeah there's also that discussion around like different languages because here in Spain often I'll say oh you know I'm really sorry no you go bien I don't hear anything in this ear Uh, and they'll just think oh no she she just doesn't speak Spanish they hear my accent you know I I speak in an English accent I speak Spanish in an English accent I hear the accent they assume I'm basically saying okay not that I didn't hear I didn't understand I don't speak speak your language and then they'll 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 either we have a few reactions they'll either stop talking and look a bit like oh I don't really know how to deal with this or they'll try and speak in English and often the English is worse than my Spanish and then I usually try and say no it's 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 not that it's, I can't, it's not that I can't, speak I can't it. hear properly. I can't hear it properly. <laughs> but there's this, yeah, and it's actually, it's it's part of my language learning, you know, has been hindered because of this, because mm. often I will, you know, when out and about, I'll always speak Spanish. I live in Spain. Yeah. But if people try and answer me in English and we get into this discussion, awkward discussion it's been very difficult to have this Spanish conversation which is so beneficial for me as a language learner so there's that there's that assumption that comes with having hearing loss and speaking a different language that actually it's not that you didn't hear it's that you didn't understand so it's a you know it's, it's a discussion there to be had 
I, I guess that's a very, very interesting topic, especially for the two of us with these uh, different circumstances, different languages, single-sided uh, deafness. And I think that's a, a, a very, a very great place to geek out on. And it's a, a lot of fun. It's it's very, very individual. Probably a lot of people um, would not experience it like that. But um, uh, yeah, I think that's, um, that's been, it's been, it's been fantastic and super insightful. And you could... Um, um, maybe um, uh, uh, tell us a little bit more about what's coming up in your space or what you're currently working on or or anything that's going to be new and people might want to look mm -hmm. out for. Is there anything that you want to mention to the uh, to the listenership? Um, at the moment, um, I'm continuing the coaching. Um, nice. I, I do also write for um, some hearing loss websites. So I've been doing a lot of writing recently. Awesome. Um, about the hearing loss experience, but also about, I, I do lots of research-backed writing, so I'm, I'm interested in research, anything to do with hearing loss. So I'm working right. on um, quite a few projects there. And um, with the coaching, in the new year, I hope to start offering group coaching as well. Um, I'm going to do a bit of training in that, hopefully in the new year, and nice. um move forward with that and the reason I'm looking into that is because there's so much that can be learned from that group experience yeah. and those connections yeah. and I can really see how having the connections of everyone in a group coming from similar experiences or yeah. even different but having yeah. their own yeah. their own advice their own you know own stories those shared experiences are so valuable. So I think that teamed with coaching could work really well. And it's something that actually, when I've had consultations with people, they've asked, you know, are, are, you, are you providing group coaching opportunities as well? So that's something that I'm going to look into and work on next year. Happy to tell you more after the end of our podcast <laughs> to, to tell you a little bit how I do it because I, yeah. I offer group coaching as well. And mm -hmm. um, first of all, it enables me to work with more people at the same time because, mm -hmm. I mean, our time is limited. I yeah. not everyone can be like Glenn uh, you probably know Glenn Schweitzer and he's a fantastic and amazing guy but uh, 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 I'm hoping for him not to be burned out at some point because I know he works with so many people every single day um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I'd be able to uh, manage that pensum simply also because I'm aware of my uh, my own uh, strength and weaknesses and about how much how much energy I have left so yeah. that is for example one way for me to be able to work with more people mm -hmm. and to be able to also lower my prices of my coaching yeah, so exactly. I can get more people on I can help more people mm -hmm at the same time and i can also lower my price per individual yeah. so it makes so to make it more accessible for the people and uh yeah i'm actually starting a new group this thursday i've always have a four-week group coaching program mm -hmm. and um um i'm actually starting the next group uh, this thursday so happy to share after mm -hmm. we finish the podcast a little bit about how my how i manage uh, the groups and, and what kind of tools i use if you're if you're interested i'm i'm happy to share I'm very interested. So maybe we'll discuss that after the, the interview. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Um, anyways, I would also, um, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe let me take um, a quick. 
Okay, so now we are back from a little break. Today we have on the podcast uh, Carly Seigrove, um, hearing loss advocate and hearing coach. Um, and it's fantastic to have her here on the podcast today. We've already talked a, a lot about her personal story, about her work as a coach in the field of hearing, but also tinnitus. And that is a nice kind of little segue into talking about her story with tinnitus and um I know, Carly, that you told us already about your story with uh, sudden hearing loss, but uh, a topic that we haven't touched upon is how did you develop tinnitus and how did you manage your tinnitus after that uh, sudden hearing loss event? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the tinnitus started in my deaf ear from what I remember as soon as I lost the hearing in that ear. So in the time when I think was the time where the hearing loss happened. So when mm. my head was full of pressure and the screeching mm. sound, mm. that screeching sound is what I now assume is now my tinnitus. So it mm. started off as this really intense high pitch mm. and has now gradually kind of died down into a, like a white noise sound, like mm. the sound of, I always describe it as the sound of water washing past my ear. Okay. So, so that, that tinnitus, in my deaf ear happened then the tinnitus in my my hearing ear in my right ear has probably been there for the last year or so and it's it's intermittent it's not there all the time so okay. in my deaf ear it's there all the time and in my my hearing ear it's intermittent and um, I think like it took me a long time to deal with the tinnitus and actually mm. it was really difficult at the beginning because as I said before, it's so intrusive. And when I was going through the shock of the sudden hearing loss, mm. I was also trying to manage this extra condition. Mm. And it took my attention from everything. So mm. I couldn't have had this conversation with you, for mm. example. Mm. Um, I found it difficult to switch off from it. I found it difficult to get to sleep. Um, yeah. Actually, sleep was probably the most difficult thing. Okay. I couldn't fall asleep. So, mm. you know, when you're trying to get to sleep and it's the quietest room in the house, Absolutely, it's the quietest yeah. part of the day. There's, right. there's no like background noise. There's nobody talking in the background or no cars or yeah. it's super yeah. quiet in the bedroom. And then it's like my tinnitus kind of like, bounded into the forefront of my mind and was mm. just there and it was so loud mm. so um mm. I remember struggling to get to sleep in the beginning particularly mm. um yeah it was it was really difficult in the beginning mm. um yeah you, you asked about how I dealt with it so there are quite a few things that again in retrospect that I realized that helped with the tinnitus um I think I started, I think the main thing in dealing with it was to stop fighting it. So nice. all the time I was like focusing on it and thinking, oh, I just hate yeah. it. I want it to go yeah. away. Yeah. And the more I hated it, yeah. the more, the more yeah. yes, yeah, the yeah, more absolutely. it was there. So yeah. the more it was screaming at me and like getting right. my attention. So it's this vicious cycle absolutely. of like, okay, I'm tr I'm, I'm, I don't like it. And then it'd be like, yeah, but here I am, I'm getting louder and louder. And the more angry I got, and the more stressed I got over it, the more my body would just seem to go into overdrive and the tinnitus is just going crazy yeah. at me. Yeah. So it's that, that fighting 
I feel was actually feeding my tinnitus in a way it's causing it to get louder and mm-hmm. the more prominent so mm-hmm. stopping fighting it I mean it, you can't just turn you know you can't no, it, of course. it sounds easier no. saying that oh. it sounds easier yeah. Said than done because your natural instinct is to fight it and to try and like yeah. get rid of it or make it go away but right there isn't a way yeah. and i think not yet anyways yeah that, yeah exactly yeah. and understanding that that there isn't a way and then actually come into that acceptance of okay this tinnitus is here to stay probably yeah. um yeah. is a huge step and it took a long time yeah. and it was gradual. But yeah. as soon as I got to that point of, you know, this is part of me, this is something that I need to accept. This is here to stay. Yeah. You know, I can't change it, but what can I do? So it was that, it was that step of, okay, mm-hmm. I can't get rid of it, but what mm-hmm. can I do? Mm-hmm. And that was a turning point. Mm. and focusing on okay so what can I do I can take some control over it and that was one of the things absolutely right let's understand this tinnitus as much as I can so I can take some control back because in the beginning this tinnitus was controlling me (laughs) so taking control was um I found writing a diary really useful a diary of the the level of tinnitus and then the things that seem to affect it and with some time, I identified the things that made it worse. And these were things like stress and mm. um, not getting enough sleep. Yeah. For me, um, eating salty foods, sugary food. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the worst things is weather changes. Oh, really? Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this goes, I, I also have vestibular issues, so balance issues, mm. and this goes hand in hand with those, but it mm. also affects the tinnitus. Mm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I can't turn off the weather. Nope. Very, <laughs> but, very difficult. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but when thinking about what I could control, of course, I could control, do I eat salty food? Do I drink right. alcohol also cause it to spike? So do I have that glass of wine? Do I, um, you know, make sure I get enough sleep? Do I go to bed too late because I'm watching a film? You know, I did have some control. Right. And right. I think for me, just having that understanding right. really helped me. It made me feel like it did make me feel more in control. Put you in the driver's me, seat. Yeah. yeah, it put me in the driver's seat. And I thought, okay, so, yeah. so now I do understand what triggers it, what makes it worse. So, And then you have the two options. Sorry, just to, to, mm. to go in there, because I think yeah. that's one of the most important things to mm. emphasize on, because yeah. you then have two options when you yeah. understand what triggers it. You have exactly two options. One option is you try to avoid the trigger. Second yeah. option is you don't avoid the trigger, but accept the fact that that will increase it and just deal with it and yes. not go back into this habitual same reaction that will trigger mm-hmm. you to be exclusively focused, but to be like, okay, well, I chose to watch that movie until 1am in the morning. I only yeah. got five hours of sleep because mm-hmm. I have a lot of work to do today. And I know that my tinnitus will be higher. But mm-hmm. as soon as I have a better night's sleep and I try to take care a little bit of myself, mm-hmm. or I know if I do a meditation throughout the day or something, mm-hmm. then I know that the volume will settle back and I will be getting better. So yeah. I think that is 
incredibly important. I mean, of course, to establish these patterns that happen to you, but also to say, okay, if I know I have a trigger, I have two choices. I can avoid the trigger or I can yeah. accept the trigger and say, okay, I'm just going to go with the flow instead yeah. of um, creating this, this vicious circle, which focuses in on tinnitus more and more and more becomes yeah. this exclusive vicious driver that only makes your reaction worse and worse. The more you focus on it, the worse it gets, the more you have emotions and feelings that signal you, you have a problem. Mm -hmm. And there's where the circle closes, your tinnitus gets louder. Exactly, exactly. And just having those two options, being able to break this huge thing down into these kind of, like you said, two options of, am I going to do this or am I not? You know, and uh, it is two options. And, you know, nowadays I understand it so well that, you know, I'm on a Friday night, if I want a glass of wine, I'll have that glass of wine, knowing that my tinnitus will probably be a bit louder after it or in the morning, depending yeah. on, you know. Um, but I know it. And actually, I'm the one who's made that decision, not sure. my tinnitus. I've decided I'm right. going to do it. Okay, right. I understand the consequences, but it's worth it. Other times, you know, I might be like, okay, I'm actually going to go to bed tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit tired. Let's watch the rest of the film tomorrow because I know that actually I'm a bit tired. I don't really want the tinnitus the next day, but I've decided actually I'm taking control. Right. It's not, not going to spike not tomorrow because I'm yeah. deciding it's yeah. not. Yeah. So it's yeah. all now in my control and I'm deciding how it's going yeah. to affect me. And yeah. that, like you said, putting you in the driver's seat, yeah. it just, it, it, stops you from spiraling it stops yeah. you from getting into that vicious circle and you yeah. then become in control of it um so, so that was a huge thing for me and you know another thing is ignoring it and again it's like okay yeah yeah ignore the tinnitus how do you do that mm. and I, again I, I always think it as not actively ignoring it so not me going out there getting up in the morning going i'm right. going to ignore my tinnitus as no, soon as impossible. i start thinking i'm yeah. going to ignore my tinnitus i'm thinking about the tinnitus it's yeah. going to get louder so exactly. instead, instead of doing that i will concentrate on different things so mm -hmm. instead of doing that i won't i mean nowadays i don't even think about the tinnitus but instead i would be okay i'm going to do some writing today and i would just get involved in something that I was really passionate about or get involved in something that I really enjoyed and you know I speak to lots of people and some people find help through doing things like art projects and crafts and anything that will take your mind off, off. Yeah. the tinnitus so you're not actively ignoring that tinnitus you are actively doing something else right you're actively focusing on something right. else and right. you'll get to the point you know where you're like oh I haven't thought about my tinnitus for a while and you know and you have more and more times where that happens the more yeah. you focus on something else yeah and I think finally the you touched on meditation well one of the things that are, has helped me is just staying calm because that stress seems to like make the tinnitus worse so mm. for me staying calm is going for walks in the countryside and being outside nice. in nature I love it Awesome. And yeah, and yoga, and I do some guided breathing sometimes as well. So just yeah. keeping calm, yeah. um, and that's just part of my my daily routine. That's part of my life is just having these things in place that keep keep calm in my life. And yeah. the tinnitus seems to calm down with it, so it's yeah. all, it's all helpful. Yeah, yeah. Be water, my friend, Bruce. <laughs>
exactly. I mean, I wanted to I wanted to quickly touch on the point, and I think this is one of the most important points and what people understand is getting rid. This is one of my favorite uh, sayings: getting rid of tinnitus without getting rid of tinnitus. <laughs> um, the more you expand these times in which you focus on other things, and that's why I always say people they say I'm 24/7 tortured by tinnitus. I'm telling you, that's a lie. You're lying to me straight out because when you watch your favorite show, when you talk to your friend on your phone, when you um, are driving and getting upset about someone else cutting you off, you are 100% not focused on your tinnitus. It's impossible for your brain and for your, the interplay between conscious and subconscious to mm-hmm. be 100% and 24-7 always be focused on your tinnitus. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Our brain only has the capacity to perceive so many things at a different time. Now that you exclusively focus on tinnitus when it's when you're A, very new to it, or when you have become stuck in the same habitual cycle, that mm-hmm. is because you have this predictive outcome thinking, right? Our brain in every Every millisecond makes a choice about every stimulus that we perceive. At at the Charité Summit last weekend, there was a guy who made a very, very funny experiment with us. And he said, so when I get up in the morning, um, I will go down to the kitchen and I will have my coffee with milk and... Sugar. Yeah. And he said, whiskey. I said, look, like in 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 every single split milli thousands of a second... Your brain mm-hmm. makes a predictive move yeah? Yeah. and we don't even begin to understand how that can happen so incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. But you have the power to, in the end, in the long run, transform this predictive thinking. So that's basically also when I see you smile at me, it's like mm-hmm. affirmation. It's like we're, we're connecting here. We're doing mm-hmm. something. But if you were to look out the window and there's a bear coming at you and you were like in terror, then my whole system would tense up as well. My cortisol levels would rise. I would stand to fight or flight, right? And this is predictive thinking of the brain. That is our survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. That is reading faces, reading emotions, reading situations. And tinnitus doesn't stop. It doesn't stop with tinnitus. When you perceive tinnitus and tinnitus is in this predictive thinking element something that is so much um, reducing your quality of life and you're always circling around and you have the same habitual behavior towards it how could you not be relating to it in that way conversely Mm -hmm. when you slowly but steadily learn to do all the things that you love in your life and you feel like tinnitus is getting less and less of a burden because no, you don't say, oh, I should think positively today. I don't want to mm. uh, think negatively about my tinnitus. I'm trying to think positively. I'm like, well, you can you can think positively as much as you want. If you if you feel bad, then it's not going to work. So mm. what you need to do is you slowly need to establish and, and broaden these times in which the tinnitus disappears into the background because that's the most powerful thing that will send a message to your subconscious. We don't need to... always be aware of this thing and Mm. always need to be focusing on it. And the less importance it becomes, the less it is in the foreground of your mind, the easier it will become for your brain to be, to become sort of habituated to your tinnitus Mm. because it's like, well, it's not a threat to me and my quality of life anymore. It, it's, it, it might be there at night, but I know it's like when my neighbors walk upstairs and I'm like, oh, it's just my neighbors walking. It's not someone trying to break in. Mm. So I fall asleep even Mm -hmm. with that sound. Yeah, it's it's very much. Yeah, yeah, making sure your brain's not seeing it as a threat, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But as you say, that is something that is within our control, Mm -hmm. and it 
it seems like people talk a lot about these um, time zones and, and how long it takes until someone manages to habituate. And sure, that process happens naturally. But if we know what kind of strategies systematically to employ, then we can support that process. Mm -hmm. And I mean, still not to expect that we will be done in uh, three or four weeks. But if we understand our reaction and our situation better, and we understand also how to transform it in future because we know where we want to get to. We mm. want to get rid of tinnitus without getting rid of tinnitus mm. and then ultimately not constantly be annoyed by it anymore. Or even if we are annoyed saying, okay, well, I'm annoyed right now. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. In a few hours, I might not be annoyed anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It is. It's a, a lot about it is, I think, just knowing that it's okay to be feeling you know it's okay to feel annoyed of course you're feeling annoyed you know but it's, it is that accepting and moving on isn't it it's kind of you know like with meditation okay you acknowledge it you accept it okay what can we do about it what can we do let's move on from that feeling and yeah nothing ever lasts forever no exactly <laughs> I think that's a very, very nice. Uh, yeah, uh, Carly, it was uh, fantastic to have you on the show today. It was a, a big, big, big pleasure. I want to um, ask you one final question. Mm -hmm. um, if there's anything you could uh, tell the people who are listening out here, anything that you uh, want to say to give them hope, to motivate them, to spread some love in the community, <laughs> um, anything that comes to your mind that you want to share with the audience out there today is will be greatly appreciated. It's so nice to see you doing the work that you do to transform your personal story into helping people um, with their uh, with their issues. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the whole community and I'm thankful for the mm -hmm. work that you do as well. Thanks, Frida. Um, I think one of my main points is just that power of connections. So I see so much power in just speaking to people about your hearing loss journey or your tinnitus journey, what you're dealing with, making those connections with people. And, and just knowing that, you know, you don't have to go through these things alone. There are so many people out there living similar experiences. So you know, look online for a local support group or contact, you know, a coach like me or, or you, Frida, or even speak to a therapist or join an event or read a book by somebody who's had hearing loss. There's, yeah. there's a lot of us out there with yeah. different types yeah. of hearing health conditions and yeah. you don't need to feel alone in it and things yeah. can get better. And it is all about just being positive, taking control, making those goals and working towards them. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, uh, Carly. It was fantastic. And I'm sure that, uh, yeah, in future, we'll probably have you back on the show at some point. And I'll be, I'll be super excited to, to have you share your progress and how your group coaching goes. And, and uh, a little bit jealous when I look out the window and I, I, I know that you're in, in Spain now. And uh, <laughs> when I look out the window here in uh, cold Berlin and we probably have a, around two and a half hours of uh, light left here. Oh, dear. <laughs> Well, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to go to Colombia in February for a month. So at least uh, it's not that long to go anymore before we get a little bit of warm weather as well. That sounds lovely. Well, to make you feel better, it's been quite rainy here in Spain. So don't you don't feel too bad about it. Ah, yeah, good for good for nature. And then I guess the, the night the days when they're nice again will be even nicer when the when the plants and everything have a little bit of watering, I guess. Exactly, exactly. 
<laughs> Lovely. Thank you so much for coming on, Carly. Um, we'll put all the links into the show notes to mm -hmm. where people can find your group, your um, your websites, um, and additional uh, details. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for taking the time today, Carly. Uh, thanks, Frida. It's been really nice talking to you. All right. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all for tuning into today's episode of the Uttering Tinnitus podcast. Of course, it's episode 43 and not 42, as I mentioned in the intro. Doesn't matter. You guys know it is the podcast where we myth bust science based tools and strategies. Uh, in order for you to live your absolute best life tinnitus. If you want to find out more about what I do, you can either go to outringtinnitus.com, it's also in the show notes below, or directly join our community for a free trial. Um, the free trial is valid for two weeks. You can see whether you enjoy the community. There's a lot of positive members in there and people in there. Um, people share the story of how valuable the community is for them. And here's a very, very short story from Sophia, one of our community members. And maybe we'll convince you to get the help and do you the help you deserve and the help you need. And I hope to see you in the community. It's under www.mytinnitus.club, but let's hear what Sophia has to say about the community. Um, I've had tinnitus for four years now. And it's just that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm in the My Tinnitus Club. It's just having that support there. Like when I first got tinnitus, I, I felt totally on my own. and I didn't know who to turn to. And, and, and that was a scary thing. But now that there's like, I've joined this club, I feel habituated, but I've still joined the club because I, you still need that support. And you still need to talk and be with people who understand exactly what you're going through and what you're feeling and, and thinking and stuff like that. So, you know, my recommendation would be to be in a group because it's so good just to have that, have, just, just to have that back up there when you need it. Okay, so thank you, Frida. So if you're interested in getting that support now, then join us for an absolutely free two weeks trial at www.mytinnitus.club. Learn how to habituate to your tinnitus, manage strategies and ways in how to sleep better with your tinnitus, how to be less anxious around your tinnitus, and to also using the tools of CBT and acceptance and commitment therapy to literally reduce your tinnitus in volume. Looking forward to see you there. The address is www.mytinnitus.club. I'll see you there. Thank you very much for listening to the Outering Tinnitus podcast. I'm looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions, please mail to frida at outringtinnitus.com. See you next time. 